Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's the most wonderful time of the week. It's time for Thursday Coast with the founder of both Daily Coast and Civics. With a Q, Marcos Melitsis joins us once again. Again, hey buddy, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm actually gonna pitch my my newest project. I'm now a podcaster. I'm five five years too late, but <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. I'm, I actually have a podcast. It's called Daily Coast is the Brief, and it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the all the usual places, as well as YouTube, Facebook Live. Congratulations. And so Thanks. that is the same as the YouTube show, right? It is. It okay. is. Except that um, the YouTube show has a lot, has all the warts and pauses and ums. And for the podcast, <laughs> they, you know, we run it through a service where they actually take out all the ums and pauses <laughs> and clean it up and make it sound crystal clear. So uh, so it takes a day later. So the YouTube shows on Tuesday and then Wednesday afternoon, the podcast goes live. Well, congratulations and welcome you. to the podcast world. Come on in. The water's fine. So <laughs> that seems to be where everything is going, what everyone is doing these days. We have an increased domestic terror threat level. What are your thoughts about that? Is this any surprise? I mean, probably should have had one before January 6th, but we have one now. Yeah, I mean, surprise. Of course, we're not surprised. We saw this. We saw this. And if you remember back during the, actually, it was around the first few weeks of the Obama administration in 2009, when the Department of Homeland Security released a report on the increasing threat of right-wing domestic terrorism, and Republicans lost their mind, right? If you remember, 
Right. And the report talked about how these extremists were infiltrating the military and law enforcement and Republicans were like, how dare you malign our armed forces? You know, it was that same nonsense BS. And so every time you look at any, you know, any of these incidences of violence and domestic terrorism, uh, it always goes back to Republicans. Always. They enabled it. They've encouraged it. Uh, at very best, they turned their eyes and looked the other way because it was in their interest to foment this kind of strife and uh, and chaos. And uh, and to this very day, I mean, to this very day, they're still dragging their heels on this. You still see Republicans really, really unenthusiastic about holding Donald Trump accountable for activating these terrorists. And so I think this is going to be a, a, a long-term issue. So I really hope that the Biden Justice Department just goes hard. Just ignore Republicans. They're the fringe. I, at this point, I don't even think they have a valid stake in our political discussion, uh, absent the very, very handful few of them. And just do what you need to do to root out these militants from any position of authority, any position of power, anywhere where they might have a security clearance. Just root them all out and prosecute and and handle them like they should have been handled. Decades, Timothy McVeigh era, right when they when they tried to assassinate Gabby Giffords. I mean, this stuff is not new, and right. people didn't take it seriously, and now there's no choice but to take it seriously, or handle them like they should have been handled in the Civil War. Um, yeah, when you know it was like well, we don't want to hurt anybody, we don't we want everybody to heal. Kumbaya, we can't do kumbaya. Um, and um, uh, honestly, it's one of the reasons why some people felt that. Joe Biden should have picked Doug Jones instead of Mary Garland. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons. <laughs> right. A lot of reasons. But I mean, it, and, and we got to get past this notion that where well, we can't go after the past, we have to move forward. And all. No, no, no. This has got to be in the root and break. And then what is most disturbing is now we learn the very leader of the Proud Boys, Marcos, is a police informant himself. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Come on now. What, what? So, so, so still, like you said, it goes back to Republicans, but it still goes back to law enforcement. You know, what? not only in terms of Black Lives Matter, but then you got people, you have the very people, some of them, who in law enforcement and military, who are supposed to be protecting us, on the other side, trying to harm us through domestic terrorism. So there's something in these cultures that is very much awry. I, I'm still, we're all still waiting to hear how law enforcement was complicit on the attacks on the Capitol. Clearly, yeah. at this point, um, officers were sent home early. Yeah. Um, before, you know, what was it? The Washington Post yesterday, the New York Times, talking about how one officer said, oh, I, I guess they have intelligence that says that there's not going to be any issue, right? Yeah. This officer, had a, he brought his kid to spend the night. He thought it was going to be a long night. And then he got sent home early. So decisions were made, clearly. Um, there was complicity. And, and this has to be rooted out. But I will say, Mark, there's one really big... Uh, ray of hope this week. And 
you know, we're waking up these days to good news. Like it's, you know, you after four years of waking up to like what atrocity has Trump committed today. I, I still have PTSD, right? I wake up like right, right. anxious. Right. And then I, I, I open my computer and it's the Biden administration has canceled an arms sale to Saudi Arabia. Like, whoa, what? Good news. So There's a little bit of good news here and there, right? Firing all the people from Voice of America, all those Trump people trying to politicize it, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's, and then there's the, the, the executive orders, there's the legislation that's being crafted for COVID relief and other things. There is uh, um, legislation on DC statehood. So there's a lot of good news, or at least positive developments happening every day. But you know what, the thing that really stands out above all else to me, and I'm so incredibly excited about, is that Biden talked about unity, not in terms of trying to get Mitch McConnell to play game, to play ball, but in uniting the American people. And Mark, this I think we even talked about this for eight years of Obama, right? That his, I think his fatal flaw was that desperate desire to win Republican votes in everything he did. And they were not going to give it to him. And he kept trying and trying and trying because the way that he defined bipartisanship, Democrats defined bipartisanship, and the Beltway media, very important, the Beltway media, was get Republican votes. And that gave all the power to Mitch McConnell and I think Bill Frist back then, right? All those Republican leaders gave him so much power because they can just withhold those votes. And then they could see, see, he's not bipartisan. And so you have this new administration and immediately, you know, the talking point from every Republican is, oh, he did X. That's not showing unity because they're trying to still play that game that unity means doing what Republicans want. And much of the Beltway media and the New York Times and the Washington Post are playing that game, right? The, I, the fine spokeswoman was asked at a press conference, like, well, why, what have you done for Republicans to show unity? And to her credit, and to Biden's credit, he himself redefined it, saying, no, "This is not. I'm not trying to. We're not trying to unite Republicans in Congress, right? We're trying to unite America and Republicans." Right. And always, Mark, we've always talked about this. It just killed me when you look at immigration reform, you got COVID relief, whatever these issues. They are popular with the American people, including significant percentages of Republicans. So they are working for things that are of interest to bipartisan group of Americans. Now, if Republicans in Congress, if they want to obstruct, if they want to be on the margins, on the fringes, if they want to play footsie with their militias and, and domestic terrorists, all right, that's on them. But that's not who Biden is focused on right now. And Mark, after almost two decades of trying to get Democrats to understand this, it seems like they finally did. And, uh, and that dramatically changes sort of the equation. It takes a lot of power out of Mitch McConnell's hands because he no longer gets to define what unity is. He no longer gets to define what bipartisan is. Now, he'll keep trying. Of course, he'll keep trying. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of gullible Republic, uh, uh, journalists that'll, that'll play along. But at least they, as an administration and the Democratic Party in general, is no longer thinking, uh, they're, not, they're not defining unity anymore by trying to get Mitch McConnell to actually do something in the interest of his country as opposed to what's his in his own personal interest, which is the only thing that motivates McConnell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's high time for that. Well, we see that even in terms of the impeachment trial, 
Uh, he's been all over the place on that. Now he he voted with Republicans who said that the trial is unconstitutional uh, after first seemingly agreeing that there should have been a trial. So it's just kind of whichever way the wind blows for McConnell. Rand Paul is a disgrace and ridiculous. I just still don't get. And you and I talked about this the other week. They have the power if they wanted to. To vanquish Donald Trump and to get him out of their hair. But they still are acting as if they're scared of him. Why is that? What does he have on them? Or is that just something that they're manufacturing? No, they're they're afraid of primary challenges. Um, It's going to be interesting because uh, Lynn Cheney um, and and Ben Sass, they have made a bet that Donald Trump isn't going to have that kind of juice in four years, that, that this is his last gasp. Um, I don't think that's a bad bet, but it is a bet. It's not guaranteed, right? I mean, there's there's two sides to this. Now, those who think that they're going to earn brownie points by by aligning with Trump, they're, I think, making the worst bet because Trump is never going to be loyal to anybody that isn't Devonga Trunk or himself, right? Period. Period, period, period. He doesn't pay, y'all. No, he doesn't. So, he they... they <laughs> <laughs> they, everybody thinks they're going to be different, apparently. Anybody who works with Donald Trump thinks that they're going to be the special one that actually earns Donald Trump's um, loyalty. Um, they're not. So, But I, I will caution this. That vote, that, um, that Rand Paul vote on the constitutionality of the impeachment process, I wouldn't read everything into it. So what I read of it into it is that there's five Republicans already that are going to vote to convict. You need 12 more. Are we going to get 12? <laughs> pretty, pretty tough, right? But here's the thing. Those five have already started. They're already on the on the MAGA, MAGA uh, shit list, right? They've already spoken out against Trump. They're already getting blasted by, by the deplorables. If you are not one of those and you're considering convicting, voting to convict, you don't want those a-holes on your ass today. Like, why invite that earlier? And a couple of them, I think Portman was one of them that said, don't look at my vote on, don't look at this vote as any sign of how how I am going to vote when it comes time for conviction. And so I don't doubt that a bunch of them did that because uh, they just didn't, they, if they're going to have to deal with the MAGA crowd, they'd rather deal with them later. Why invite that pain and suffering two weeks before that final vote? So I, I I don't I still don't think they're going to get seventeen, but I wouldn't be surprised if more than five of those Republicans um, vote to convict, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch McConnell voted to convict, not because he would do the right thing for the country and to hold Donald Trump accountable and all that, but because though the uh, corporate PACs, uh, big CEO donors. Right now, they're all cutting off the Republican Party. They're freaked out. There's a PR problem with them funding a party that backs insurrectionists and racists. And so he right now, undoubtedly, is trying to figure out if that money is gone for good or if it's just like a temporary thing while people are paying attention and then it'll quietly come back in in a couple of months. And that's what he's trying to figure out. If he decides that the money spigot is shut off if uh, if Trump is still around, 
I wouldn't be surprised that he then votes to convict. And at that point, there's a chance he brings enough of the party over, you know, maybe exactly 17 in order to get rid of Donald Trump. So then they can go back to those donors and say, see, we got rid of them. Don't worry about it. Because right now they are, they are, they have a serious money problem. Mm. And uh, Trump is the proximate cause of that money problem. And those MAGA people, they're not, they, they don't have the small dollar foundation that Democrats have now. So it's not like you can depend on those deplorables to fund Republican campaigns and the, the party committees the way you're seeing on the left. So it puts them at the mercy of those corporate CEOs and their PR issues. Would it be wise, is it wise, if the Democrats aren't going to get the other 17 or whatever, or the other 12, any point in going through with it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for one, you want Republicans to have to cast that vote. You want to put them on record. Are you for insurrection and racism or are you actually for the rule of law? And to me, I, I look at Mitt Romney and, and we've joked about this before. He was he was the devil when he was running for president. <laughs> John McCain was the devil when he was running for president. I would kill for a Republican Party of McCain's and, and Romney's, not because I agree with them on substantive issues of, of you know, Republicanism versus liberalism, but because they at least believe in democracy at the very basic level. They believe in democracy and not being utter a-holes. So uh, for, first of all, you want them on, you want them on, the, on the record. Uh, but second of all, if they are going to go all in on Trump, I really do want us to be able to, to, to go to those corporate um, PACs and those corporate CEOs and then put pressure on them to back off from political giving to a party of, of insurrectionists and racists. So it gives us leverage on the money front to starve the Republican Party if they don't do what they need to do to get rid of their Trump problem. So absolutely, it, it, uh, it makes sense. And, and I think the way they did it actually has worked out. Get, get, the, get the confirmations through, really focus on that, uh, because if another one of the... <laughs> One of the bit of good news is that Biden has moved really aggressively to staff up the agencies, and it's it's far beyond anything that uh, Obama or Trump did in the early days. Uh, they got full teams out there, thousands and thousands of people already in those agencies within a week, uh, undoing the damage that Trump did. So this allowed us this allowed Democrats to really focus on on getting these these department heads in, these cabinet secretaries, uh, before than focusing on this on this Trump problem. And and I gotta say, you know, McConnell wanted to this delay. I don't think this delay has been very good for for Trump or the Republicans, because every day there's more news on how Trump worked to subvert democracy. And and so this is actually not um, I don't think it benefits Republicans or Trump in any way. It's definitely not lowering the temperature or the desire for justice. Yeah, yeah. Um it, it probably in their best interest to cut a plea deal or something. And just pass a resolution disqualifying him. Um, um, I wonder, can he, can can the defendant testify at his own impeachment trial? Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I see him trying to come back, and because nobody's hearing from him now, you know, he doesn't have a platform, so to speak, right now. Which is kind of nice, right? <laughs> I can see him trying it's to refreshing. Come, yeah, right. He trying to come and and defend himself in in a trial. I can see him, you know, probably possibly trying to do that. 
but but I, I was just asking your thoughts. I agree. It has to happen. Also for the reason you want this on the record, Marcos. You want this historically on the record. So just like 150 years from now, mm-hmm. you know, when this when people go back and look at this time after the Civil War, they can say this is what this fool did. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Republican Party did to enable him and support him and defend him. That was an insurrection for nothing. Not even anything that that was 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 tangible or meaningful. It was based on an utter fantasy, at least during the Civil War. I mean, slavery was real. You were for it or against it. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. All right. It was it was something that was actually going on. That doesn't justify those who supported slavery and went to war, but they weren't fighting for something that was a conspiracy theory. These guys come out and fight for something that just literally did not exist and completely ignored, as Dr. King said on Steps of Montgomery State Capitol, ignored the real issues like, you know, McConnell, their majority leader, wouldn't let anybody get a stimulus. See, if they showed up nonviolently and said, you know what, where's our stimulus? What can anybody have said? Um, but racism will always trump. Uh, economics in the hearts and minds of the white uh, supremacists. Um, haven't asked you about civics much since the election. Have you all had a chance to look at anything post-election that that, that stands out? Yeah, one of my, my favorite political uh, stats now, and, and we're not the only ones to see it. Um, I know Morning Consult, other pollsters have also seen it, but it's that Joe Biden right now is more popular with Americans than Donald Trump ever was in four years of his presidency. So already Joe Biden, this whole idea that that uh, that Joe Biden isn't unifying by not doing Republican things, actually he is more unifying as a president than Joe, than Donald Trump ever ever was. And uh, I think if he starts delivering, if um, you know people get another fourteen hundred dollar check and other sort of Democratic priorities, I think you're going to see that number continue. If not, go continue to be up. We still have a very stratified country. And I, I suspect you're going to see a lot of Republicans happily cash that $1,400 check and still disapprove of Joe Biden and the Democrats. But um, at least he'll be delivering for all Americans. And we're at least we're back to an administration that actually is representing the entire country, even the deplorables, even them, right? even those people, unlike what we had before where, where Donald Trump was systematically consciously trying to screw over New Jersey, New York, California. So yeah. it, it's a different breed. And I think people are, are, are responding to that. He's, he's actually net positive right now. I think in, in civics, he's 48% uh, job approvals are favorable and 44 are negative. And now if you look at Democrats and Republicans, it's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's polar opposites, right? 3% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden. Um, just like three percent of two percent of Democrats approved of Donald Trump, so uh, it's not them. It's 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 and the Democrats obviously support Joe Biden, just like Republicans support Donald Trump. It's the independents, it's people who aren't as tied down to to either party. Um, they are, and Mark, we've talked about independents, and I don't believe that true independents actually exist. But that's where you see sort of swinginess, people who are willing to say like, yeah, I'm um, I'm always going to vote for. Maybe the Republican, but okay, I'm I'm okay with Biden. Isn't he's not terrible? I'm okay with him, and vice versa, right? I think people who may always uh, vote liberal, 
may decide that, okay, Donald Trump, I, I like his racism. Maybe they're a Southern white, you know, Democrat. And so they're okay with racism. So they might've been okay with Donald Trump. So you're seeing, you're seeing that because independents really did not like Donald Trump in the end. They yeah. really did not like Donald Trump in the end, which is why his approval ratings were so bad. Uh, and right now they actually are giving Joe Biden a net positive approval rating, which means that they're, they're more positive to him than negative. And I'm hoping it stays that way. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be it's the, the big pieces we have to deliver. And you're hearing, you're hearing Democrats talk like that. Like they can't be timid. Like they were with, with, with Barack Obama in 2009. Um, it was a different Senate. Remember, right. That you still had Joe Lieberman and Max Baucus and Ben Nelson. So you had these horrible Democrats that, that would probably be Republicans today, but um, still, Obama again. He spent so much time trying to win Republican votes. Right, that that uh, Affordable Care Act negotiations lasted like sixteen months, and in never in those negotiations that Republicans ever indicate that they were actually going to vote for that thing. They didn't even pretend. Yeah, they didn't even say like they didn't even string Obama along. Right, they just, they from the beginning are like nope, nope, nope. And Obama kept negotiating against himself. Remember that? Like, well, how about this? Well, how about that? Right. Well, I'll give you this. And nope, nope, nope. You're not seeing that from Biden. You're not seeing that from the narrow 50-50 Republican, uh, our Democratic Senate. And in fact, there are positive signs that, that there may be real change. I mean, there, there is a not impossible chance that we may get D.C. statehood. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, even even um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Joe Manchin, you know, West Virginia conservative uh, Democratic senator. He didn't even rule it out. Like, yeah, I know, I know. He hasn't ruled it out. Right. If right. He, had, he didn't say he would do it. Right. But he didn't rule it out. Yeah. And there is a very, very solid argument to be made that you cannot filibuster a statehood vote. Mm. A constitutional argument. The mechanism for statehood is in a different part of the Constitution than we should, than we're elected. So, they, if this is a straight up majority vote, that's a way for Democrats to break this logjam, right? This 50 50 mess that we're in. Yeah. Let's get these senators. Once and for all. Once yeah. And, for all. and fix a, an a aberration of democracy. You know, this it shouldn't be what it is. And so, fix that. And make the, the Senate a little bit more equitable. Still yeah. heavily biased towards Republicans, but make it a little bit more equitable. Well, hopefully that'll happen. That'll make my life worthwhile. As you know, uh, no one has spent more time in jail for D.C. statehood than yours truly. So we will look forward to that. Hopefully <laughs> that will happen. Um but so I'm I'm curious, though, Marcos, the fact that they want to resist impeachment and now they some of them even changing their stories, even the ones who decried January 6th are now trying to clean that up, say he wasn't Trump wasn't responsible. So uh, so you would have thought some of them would have had some of their own ambition. Have some of these senators just resigned themselves to him being their nominee again or. Are they trying to kiss up to make sure he doesn't form this third party? Probably all of the above. I mean, those are all good reasons to kiss his ring, right? Yeah. Um, 
I think we talked about this a week or two ago. I don't think there's no, a third party coming. Like, I don't think Trump has the energy to do it. He definitely doesn't have the money to do it. Um, he doesn't have competent people around him to do it. What's he going to have? He's going to have I mean, who, who's, who around him? Steve Bannon? I mean, who, who's going to build? <laughs> who's going to make this party that that's a competent person? Uh, Jared Kushner? I mean, what else is he? He screwed up enough. I mean, I guess he could waste some more money. I, I just don't see him having. And in the end, the party would be about Donald Trump and nothing but Donald Trump. And that's not what a political party is. Yeah. Like that's what a cult is. Yeah. And so it's it's hard for me to see how that would happen. Now the threat. I know that has the Republicans freaked out for sure. And so that's why you have people like Lindsey Graham totally kissing up to Donald Trump. And oh, you can't have a future Republican Party without Donald Trump. Donald Trump just lost re-election, something incumbent presidents almost never do. He cost them the Senate. He cost them the House. He cost them countless state legislatures. Donald Trump has been terrible yeah. for the Republican Party. And it has made them more beholden to a smaller demographic group, right? Old, white, southern, rural people. Right, right. So while he's cost them white support in the suburbs, not men, but women, cost them women support in the suburbs, which is critical in places like Georgia and Arizona, and soon to come online, Texas. Texas is going to flip at some point here in the next couple cycles. And Mark, I'm, I'm... I'm already looking beyond that, right? I'm, I'm my, I have a new obsession. Remember, ten years ago, my obsession was Georgia. Remember that? Yeah, right, sure was. Georgia, 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 right? All the time, right, right. My new obsession is Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi will can not will can flip in the next twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. believes it, but uh, by twenty thirty. About 46 to 48 percent of Mississippi will be non-white. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, the problem with Mississippi politically has been one: 90 percent of white people vote Republican. Right. 90 percent of white people in Mississippi vote Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, two: Black people don't vote. Yeah. In Mississippi, they've never they they're suppressed. They're they they don't have a reason to because they're they're gerrymandered in a way to dilute their vote. It, the, the whole story of the South, right? It's it's right there. Mississippi is 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 the living historical example of Jim Crow racism in action. Yeah. So you have a a black community that hasn't been empowered to vote and thus hasn't had a reason to vote. Uh, and three, Mississippi lacks a lot of the the sort of the urban educated centers like Atlanta, like Houston, like Dallas, that are driving a lot of democratic growth. So the things that, that make it a little tough. But uh, but Donald Trump only won by 200,000 votes. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's it's by percentage. Yeah. OK, it's about 15 percent. It's only 200,000 votes. There are more than 200,000 black voters in Mississippi that don't vote. It's the same story that we saw in Atlanta, where, where uh, not Atlanta, Georgia, where Georgia voter, black voters didn't think there was a reason. And, you know, it's amazing, Mark. This is, I have so many favorite stats, but we know that Joe Biden only won Georgia by 11,000 votes, right? Only won by 11,000 votes. Right. Reverend Warnock won it by 80,000 votes in a runoff. Once people realized that their vote counts, yeah, 
that they can have a difference and somebody is working to make sure that they're registered and that they turn out and vote and that they're, that they're, that they're, um, they're told that their vote matters and, and they care about it. Holy crap. Everything changes. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And so we saw it, we saw it in the black vote in, 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 uh, in Georgia. And if you look, there's these maps that show, you know, it's like color-coded maps, right? And it'll show the difference in vote between the general election in Georgia and the runoff election in January. And if you look at the changes, Atlanta looks pretty good. You know, turnout was up. But you know what? Turnout was just absolutely out of this world. Between the two was Southwest Georgia. That's the rural black belt, uh, rural black vote, which... Even rural blacks, people don't even know that exists, right? People think black vote, that's in the cities, let's go to Atlanta, let's make sure we we, 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 we uh, target the black community in Atlanta, right? That was the idea of targeting the black vote. Georgia has a massive rural black vote that had never been communicated with. And so Stacey Abrams' group, the uh, New Georgia Project and other groups really focus on that rural vote. And so they, they, they turned out in good numbers, but in January, with Warnock on the ballot and the and the idea that holy crap we actually can win a state like Georgia, turnout in that area was just gangbusters, and that was the big difference. The other big difference was that turnout in the Trumpiest districts was down. So this idea that is if Trump's not on the ballot, these people won't turn out and vote. There's some good evidence now that that may be the case. But I'm more excited about that black vote just turning out in mass. Right. And so I see that, and then I look over at Mississippi. And unfortunately, we don't have enough white allies in Mississippi um, right now. But the way that demographics are moving in that state, I mean, we'll be there in about 10 years. So I'm really, really eager right now to, to focus on the group, like Stacey Abrams group, New Georgia Project in Georgia. Who's doing that work in Mississippi? Who's doing that work in South Carolina? That's another one. Who's doing that work in North Carolina? North Carolina shouldn't be lean red. It should be lean blue. Yeah. We know who's doing that work in, in Texas, Texas uh, organizing project. Uh, we know who did. We know a lot of people who did the work in Arizona. So now I'm really excited about who's doing that work in Mississippi, who's doing right. it in South Carolina, North Carolina, and a little tougher. But Alabama shouldn't be discounted either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do so it. We can do it if, if, if we focus. That's the to me. That's the only drawback to Jamie becoming chair of the party. While he deserves it, I don't know that Jamie should not have just stayed in South Carolina the way Stacy stayed in Georgia to help us permanently flip that in that way. You need somebody there. And see, Jamie is Stacy reincarnated. JC is to South Carolina what Stacy was to Georgia yeah. and, and that personality. So that's my only regret. Yeah, that, hope that, ray, of hope, that yeah. ray of hope. Yeah, right. I don't know who else there does that. That national profile to raise money. Yeah, all of that, all of that, and maybe he can do both. Maybe because really, what is a what does a DNC chair do? I mean, to me, if I'm the DNC chair, one of my priorities is let's get South Carolina. You know, um, yeah, maybe he can do the whole the whole yeah the whole black belt right and yeah because um, that that's I mean we need it not just I mean we don't need Mississippi and South Carolina for the electoral college for president. 
I mean, right, right. Once, if we can nail down Texas, like that's game over for Republicans at the national level for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we just really, and, and we're, we're working on that. We need Mississippi. One, we need it morally, right? I mean, there's a whole black community there in Alabama and Arkansas that are completely and utterly neglected and um, subjugated. Yeah. Period. Right. So there's a moral argument. But if you don't want to do moral arguments because they're too messy and complicated, here's the stark political reality is that the Senate is is undemocratic. And if we can turn Georgia from two Republican senators to Democratic senators, and we could turn Arizona from two Republican senators to two Democratic senators, why don't we do that in Mississippi and Texas and South Carolina and maybe Alabama, Louisiana? Yeah. I can't believe I forgot Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. Uh, These are states... They're tough. And I don't want anybody to think like, oh, Marcos thinks we can win Mississippi. I'm not saying we can win Mississippi today. I'm saying we do with Mississippi what Stacy was doing in Georgia 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, Mike Espy almost won Mississippi four years ago. He forced a, um, a runoff with Confederate Senate. Now, didn't do as well this time for a lot of reasons. But even when he was on the show, what he was saying, is that that 90 percent Republican white vote in Mississippi was beginning to change because there were so many um, white students at the universities throughout Mississippi, young people who were coming in and flipping over. And they were the ones that got that Confederate flag taken down like that. Folks have been trying to do that for decades, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what he was counting. So it's it's yeah. doable. It's it's right for that. Uh, we just have to take. Uh, uh, advantage of it. And you got, you got Chokwe Lumumba down in Jackson. He's ready. You know, so we can, th- th- there are Stacy like individuals, Jamie like individuals in Mississippi. And I'm sure there are in Louisiana, Alabama too. We just need to get behind them and empower them, uh, and get this done. And you're right. I think people see the, the, the empowerment that happened in Georgia. It's never happened before. And so people see that now. And, um, Hopefully something can and come. and to realize that Georgia didn't happen overnight. Stacey Abrams didn't show up two years ago, ran for governor, and boom, right. the state. This is work that's been being done over the course of a decade. Yes, process. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's Thursday Coast, folks. Marcos and Melissa, check out his podcast weekly. Uh, it drops. On Thursdays, the live show. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesday. No, no, no. Live show on Tuesday. I'm sorry. The, the show on Wednesday. And if you check out this week's podcast, we actually had Nse Utam of the New Georgia Project. She was right. so fantastic. I can barely stand it. <laughs> that we, we, we loved her so much that we actually had her the whole show to talk about not just the work she did in Georgia to help Georgia flip it, but also even again, Mississippi, because Mark, it's my new obsession. I'm, I'm a little obsessed with Mississippi. <laughs> I want to flip it. I want to flip it. Yeah, let's flip it for sure. Marcos, Melissa, Civics with a Q as well, dailycoast.com. Thank you, buddy, as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.